Thanks for listening to our Legacy Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Christ. And you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. Today, I want to talk about being empowered by God. Being empowered by God. You know, years ago, I was at a special event in our church, and we had a play that we would do called Life After Death. And it was a play all about what happens to people after they die. It was about heaven. It was about hell. It was about people's acceptance of Christ and forgiveness, and it was about people's rejection of Christ. And so I was at the rear of the sanctuary, and I was standing next to a guy who happened to be a satanic priest. And so he was dressed in, you know, all the black garb. And, and uh, what it was a dead giveaway was the pentagrams that were tattooed to both hands. And so um, being a good Christian that I was, I said, hey, I'm not going to let this stop me from talking to this man. And so I started talking to him. And he immediately started challenging the power of the church and the power of Christians. And he was mocking, he was mocking the power of Christianity, you know. And, uh, and, and so as he's going on and on, I said, you know, I'm not going to argue with this man. I'm going to pray. So I started praying, Holy Spirit, touch this man. Holy Spirit, reveal who you are to him. Your power is greater than the power of darkness. And as I think back, what I should have done was, hey, I want to introduce you to some people. And I should have brought him up to one person after another, after another, after another in the church and and have them testify as to what God has done in their lives. And I should have said, how many lives have you changed? How many lives has Satan changed? Let me show you who my God is. Let me show you who my power is, the power of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting, just last week, my wife and my daughter were at a movie cinema, and when they walked into the ladies' room, there was lipstick markings everywhere, and it was like witches' markings, and it said, witches are real. I don't know how they got away with this. It was all over the wall, over the mirrors, and so forth, you know. And, uh, and there, there are people who are operating in power, but it's the power of darkness. It's the power of darkness. But there's no greater power than the power of the Holy Spirit and the power that God has given us, that Jesus has given us through the Holy Spirit. I believe as Christians, we don't really understand the power that is within us. The Bible says the same power that rose Christ from the dead lives in us. Who is this Holy Spirit? What is this power that is available to us? You know, there's no tarot cards There's no place you can go to and have your palms read that can change your life, that can change your eternal destiny. There's only one name under heaven by which men can be saved. The Bible says in Acts 4, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. In the book of Luke, chapter 10, it says, I've given you authority. He's speaking to us as believers. I've given you authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions, and to overcome, say that word with me, overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. 
So now me within myself, you within yourself, we really don't have much power. You know, you might be gifted, but your gifts don't have much power. You might be a great orator, but your words have no power in themselves, you know. You might be a great singer, but there's no power without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. See, what Jesus is saying here is, I've given you authority. What is that authority? I've given you the person of the Holy Spirit. Wherever you and I walk, the Holy Spirit walks with us. I don't walk life alone. I walk with the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. Many times we have no, no clue as, as believers that there's actually a person who is with us at all times. His name is Holy Spirit. We think of Jesus, and we can picture Jesus, we can picture God the Father, but we don't realize that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Who's here with us today? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit walks with us. The Holy Spirit is in us. That's why we need to be a church that's hungry for the Holy Spirit. We need to be a church that's hungry for the presence of God. We need to be a church that when we worship, we don't want just want to sing songs. We want to come into the very presence of God, to feel the presence of God, to be touched by the presence of God, to be changed by the presence of God. Because it's the Holy Spirit that gives you authority over everything that wants to harm you. If addiction wants to harm you, the Holy Spirit has the authority to break that addiction. If depression and failures of your life and past want to harm you, the Bible says, Jesus says, I've given you authority, I've given you someone that can destroy those things that want to take you somewhere that God doesn't want you to be. God wants to give you a blessed life, a free life. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. I can't set myself free, but Jesus has given me someone who can set me free. The Holy Spirit. We need to know this man of the Holy Spirit. We need to know this person of the Holy Spirit. Because we don't need a comfortable church. We need an empowered church. We don't need a church where we're trying to kind of make everyone feel comfortable because comfort won't change anybody. We need the Holy Spirit. I need to be able to bring someone to the church who needs healing, who needs deliverance, who needs hope. And they come and they meet this person, the Holy Spirit, and they're set free. They're changed. There's hope in them. They get on the right road now because they felt God. They actually felt God. How many of you can say that, you know what, when I first came into a, a, a church like this, or even this church, I felt something for the first time. That's the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to rule the church. We need the Holy Spirit to be present in the church. We are so desperately in need in this earth of the Holy Spirit's power. Churches need the Holy Spirit. We, as Christians, need the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, chapter 19, there's a great story in here. It says, Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. 
Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Paul I know. You know why they knew Paul? Because they knew the Holy Spirit. Invisible world that we're working in. You know why they knew Jesus? Because the Holy Spirit was with with Jesus. See, when we don't have the Holy Spirit, life will beat you up. Churches don't have the Holy Spirit. We will be completely sterile. We need the Holy Spirit. We want to be a church that calls upon the Holy Spirit. We want to be people who know the Holy Spirit and know how to tap into his empowerment. And I hear amen this morning. You know, when we look at Jesus and, and his death on the cross... And we we tend to look at the the crucifixion and the pain that he went through and the scourging and and the crown of thorns and the beatings that he went through. But that pain was nothing as compared to the pain that he experienced when he experienced a separation from his Father and the Holy Spirit. When Jesus cried out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? The Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, leaves Jesus and he takes upon himself the sins of the world. His separation from the Holy Spirit was the greatest pain that Jesus had ever experienced because they were never, ever separated. And we see in King David, he prays, you know, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. And he goes on, he says, take not your Holy Spirit away from me. This is the king, David, who was anointed. And he realized that he in himself has no power. It was the Holy Spirit that's everything. Now that is good news because I don't have to depend upon myself. You don't have to depend upon yourself We have someone who's with us, who's able, who empowers us, who's with us and wants to bless us and help us through life. Amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives, we immediately start to die, even as Christians. But God is so good. You know, when when you see right from the book of Genesis, God is so good. It says in Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. You're going to catch this now. It's the very first book of the Bible. So I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now I was thinking about this. Some of you singles, you don't just need a helper. You need a helper who's suitable for you. You need a helper who God has ordained for you. Don't settle. You need someone who's suitable for you. So we see how God says it's not good for man to be alone. We can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. You can't do life alone. And Jesus understood this when he realized 
that we can't do it alone spiritually either. And so we see it in the book of John. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Here's the word helper again. Where God says you need help. Hear an amen. Are you alive out there today? Do you need help today? (laughs) Do I need help today? (laughs) And he says that the helper may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot see because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you. See, God's saying, you know him, right? The Holy Spirit. You know him. He dwells with you. And will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Thank you, Jesus, that Jesus has not left us as orphans, you know. You know, I had a cousin who was visiting with, with us uh, from New York City. And uh, as him and I were taking a ride, my wife called me on the phone. It was on the car phone with my wife. And he says to me, man, you and your wife make such a great team. You make such a great team. And I, you know, and, and I, I said to him later on, I said, you know what? Because she's the best part of me. My wife is the best part. She's my helper. That's why we lasted 35 years, right? You know, after a while, you lose track, okay? You lose track. But we've been together for over 38 years. And she's my helper. And I'm her helper, you know? And as... Our, our relationship is healthy because we actually talk to each other. We do things together. We serve in ministry together. We laugh together. We joke together. You know, she sends me some of the funniest things. I don't know how she does this on her phone, but she sends me some of the funniest things that make me laugh. You know, she's my helper. And, uh, and I was thinking that the Holy Spirit is someone that we need to relate to like that. Like we need to talk to him. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Holy Spirit, I need your help. What do I do here, Holy Spirit? Speak to me. Speak to me. Because the Bible says that he is our helper. He's our comforter. He's our counselor. May I say something? Before you seek the counsel of man, seek the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you ask the Holy Spirit? Because I guarantee you, he's already talking. Now the question is, do you want to listen? Because he's always talking. Because he's our comforter. He's our helper. He wants to help us. But as you learn to listen, he will help you in life. And you will avoid so many wrong decisions. It will be, it will be life transforming. If you just get it to, to this understanding that the Holy Spirit is a person. He speaks to you. He wants to help you in life. And he will point you in the right directions. And he will also show you when you go in the wrong directions. Will you listen to him? Will you listen to him? Will you have good communication with him? Well, how are we empowered in the Holy Spirit? I want to talk about a couple of ways that we 
receive the Holy Spirit and, and are filled by the Holy Spirit and were helped and empowered by the Holy Spirit, number one, you must call upon him. You must call upon him. You know, when, when, um, when my wife and I got married, we go visit my mom, and, um, and my wife never knew what to call my mom. So she didn't know what to call her. And so it was for years that she didn't call her anything. She just kind of talked. And then my mom finally you know, went to her and says, Hey, Lori, you don't call me mom. You don't call me Eva. You don't call me Mrs. Tamale. Call me something. <laughs> call me something. It's a true, true story. You know, it's a funny story. But we must call upon him. And so this teaching today is to kind of awaken us to the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's with you. You must call him. You must call out to him. Holy Spirit, Lord, you know, call him something. Speak to him. You must call upon him. In, uh, in the book of Luke, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more. Let me tell you something. There's voices in the house of the Lord will tell you to be quiet. You need to shout all the more. You need to shout all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped, and he ordered the man to be brought to him. The Holy Spirit, Jesus will stop when he hears your voice. You have to call out to the Holy Spirit. And when he came there, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? You know what the Lord wants to do for you? We think God wants to punish us. The Lord wants to do for you. He wants to help you. He wants to counsel you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to heal you. He wants you to have joy. He wants to impart joy in you. You know, there have been times where um, people have been so touched by the Holy Spirit at the altars. Next thing you know, they're rolling around. They're laughing their heads off, you know. And uh, I'll never forget this. this. This was a revelation to me years ago where we, as a church, we're really starting to kind of learn about this Holy Spirit, about the Holy Spirit. But I was sitting, I was sitting in church, and, and, um, and as Pastor Steve was preaching, this woman, who was very depressed, she, was always, she suffered with depression, and she was right across the row, and as he's preaching, all of a sudden I see this lady start to giggle. She started giggling, giggling. And then she went into mass hysteria, laughing and laughing and laughing. And then she just, I mean, now this lady was, this was completely out of her personality. Completely out of her personality. And then she, she kneeled on, on, on in, in front of the, the chair, and she was laughing uncontrollably, uncontrollably, uncontrollably. And this was a time where we were trying to figure out, you know, what do you do with people like this, you know? But we knew this lady. We actually knew this lady. And so we just kind of let her laugh, you know. That lady got set free from years of depression. Years of depression. Who did it? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. 
touched her so deeply, she got delivered from depression. It was so powerful, and it was a revelation to us of, of who the Holy Spirit is and what he can do. But we must call out to him. But, you know, many times we wait until we're desperate. Isn't this true? We wait until we're desperate to call out to God. And that's why a good prayer to have is, God, I never want to take you for granted. I never want to take you for granted. When we start taking God for granted, it's a hit or miss. Go to church. Don't want to go to church. You know, we don't talk to him. You know, we kind of just, it's just kind of, God is just kind of another thing in our life. You know, a trophy. If I made it to church, I got a trophy. You know, that's not relationship. That's not what God wants. But many times I think what we need to pray is, God, make me desperate for you. God, I become callous. My heart has become cold. My relation with you has become cold. Isn't that even what happens in marriages, right? And we have to stir the flame. We have to pray, God, fix me. I need you to touch me. Holy Spirit, touch me. You know, uh, I was reminded this week, I was searching the Internet, and I was saying, it was the Holy Spirit that reminded me that I almost died in a fire years ago. And I looked it up, and it was called the Holiday Inn, the Yonkers Holiday Inn Fire. So I looked it up, and I found the New York Times article. And I'll never forget that night where I was tremendously traumatized. At 2 in the morning, while I'm sleeping, I hear explosions going off. And I didn't realize, I thought I was dreaming, but I wasn't dreaming. And in, in the article, it said 28 windows were blown out of this hotel because two guys had set explosives to blow up a nightclub. Right? It was kind of a mob, mob job and all that. And so I was hearing this, and I was, thought I was dreaming. But then by the grace of God, I started coughing because my room was filled with smoke. And I immediately woke and my room was, was black with smoke. I hear crackling of fire and nothing else. No alarms worked. It was an old, old holiday end. And nothing was... And I thought that everyone was dead, except for me. And so I was traumatized. I, I did all the wrong things that you're not supposed to do. I ran to my door. I opened it to the hallway. And there were flames shooting up the stairwell across from me. Flames. And I shut my door by the grace of God. It was God that, that, that rather than running out, because someone had died in my hallway by running out into the hallway and got asphyxiated by the plastic fumes. I shut my door, and I started crying out to God, Lord, Lord, save me, save me. And out of such desperation, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do because I couldn't breathe. And so there was a door onto the balcony because I was on the third floor, and they rigged the door so the handle just went around. I couldn't open the door. And then I pulled the, the curtains, and there was a, a glass um, window, and uh, I grabbed the chair and started smashing the window, and the window would not break. The chair broke. So now I'm, I'm starting to, to lose consciousness because of the oxygen level, and I'm screaming out to God, God, save me. Save me. Save me, Lord. And I, and, and, and I see a TV, and I try to get the TV off the, the bureau, and it's bolted in. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been in a hotel? I couldn't get the TV. And so I see another chair, 
I grab it, and I'm, I'm, I tell you, I was a maniac screaming out to God, save me. My pride was gone. I was desperate. And I cried out to God, and I threw the chair, and the, 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 the windows shattered, and I stuck my head out, and I started breathing in oxygen. And I climbed out onto my balcony. It was, the, it was the end of February, beginning of March. It was freezing out there. And I was out there, and I was praying, God, save us, save us, save us. And we were out there, and there were people on balconies all along the hotel for over an hour. And, uh, and I was reminded of that this week. And I believe God was saying that the desperation that needs to be in our heart at times is what will get us to God. You know? And when we don't have that desperation, we start losing our relationship with the Holy Spirit and with God. And we immediately start backsliding. We go to our old self. But God has given us power and Holy Spirit to keep us from backsliding and moving forward in Him if we would just talk to Him, if we would just cry out to Him, if we would speak to Him and ask Him, Lord, encourage me. Lord, strengthen me. Lord, deliver me. Lord, set me free. Lord, I am struggling with my faith. Can you increase my faith? The Holy Spirit is there to give you everything you need and to protect you from harm because that's what Jesus promised us. God is good. Amen? In the book of Romans, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Will be saved. And then secondly, we have to wait upon the Lord. We can't rush God. Even in church, you know, if we're looking to have a nice church service to kind of, you know, go to church for 40 minutes and then go do what's really important, the Holy Spirit won't be rushed. God won't be rushed. God won't be rushed. Even in our worship, like, you know, we're, this morning, like worship, we should wait upon the Holy Spirit until we are touched by the Holy Spirit, until His presence is there. Until we get out of our intellect and we can feel his presence, we have not done church. We need God. We need the Holy Spirit. Wait on the Lord. The Bible says, but they that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah 40, shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he instructed his disciples to wait in Jerusalem. Until they receive power. He said, listen, go wait. They knew Jesus. They loved Jesus. They saw the resurrected Jesus. But they had no power. He says, go wait until you receive power. So it was 120 people. Do you know that they waited not for an hour, not for two hours, not for a week. They waited 50 days. 50 days. For the Holy Spirit to come. So let us never ever rush God. Let us never rush church until we meet God. You know, Let our encounter with, with the house of the Lord be an encounter with Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. And you will be my witnesses. 
in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, even to the remotest part of the world. So I want to close in saying this, that as, as a church, I pray that we are a people that come to church to meet God, to touch God. I pray that us as individual Christians, we start talking to the Holy Spirit, developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit, as though he was actually a person, because he is a person. What a change in your life if you can just understand that you have a person who's with you. What a change in your communication. What a change in what you're flicking through the channels watching. What you're listening to. Who you're talking with. What you're saying. What a change if we understand there is a Holy Spirit who's with us. What a radical change it would be. And I, want, I pray that we are a church that calls to Him and we wait on Him in worship. You know, that's why... Um, don't be late to church because you'll be late for the Holy Spirit. Come and worship the Lord. Wait on Him. You know, when we worship, connect. Connect. Get out of your head. So the Holy Spirit, touch me. Lord, I seek you. I call upon you. I need you today. My family needs you today. My kids need you today. Call upon Him. Call upon Him in the Word. When, when the word is being preached, ask, Holy Spirit, what is it that you want to speak to me about today? What is it that you want to talk to me about today? What is it that's going to help me grow? And then call upon him in prayer and the altar time. You know, a- after every church service, we open the altars. Open the altars. And many times I see people just kind of sitting in their seats. You know, church is released. Everyone's free to go, but people, there are times where you need God. I need God. Wait on the Lord. Say, you know what? I need God today. I'm going to church. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to go to the altar because I need the Holy Spirit to touch me. I need a healing. I need to be set free from, from things I need to be set free from. And wait on the Lord. And trust me, God is for you. It might be a month, two months, three months that you get what you need from God. But don't quit. Don't quit. Wait on the Lord. God has freedom for you. God has deliverance for you. Amen? Thanks for listening today. We hope you were blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.